probably should have put them away in the first half to be fair we had enough opportunities but uh, you know to, to put in a strong performance which is what we needed today um, I thought the boys uh, did well you know, of course with the, with the red card we have to switch to, uh, to a different way of playing I think we, uh, we did it really well the Go Radio Football Show with MacklinMotors.com hosted by Paul Cooney Leanne Crichton and Peter Grant sent live for weeknights from 5 talking Scottish football first let's go There's a new name for Toyota in Glasgow. From one of the UK's biggest names in motor retail. Macklin Motors Toyota is now open in Darnley. We're bringing you everything Toyota, backed by first-class service. So come and meet the team and view the stunning new Toyota range. All available with up to 10-year warranty. Including the all-new Igo Cross and new Yaris Cross compact SUV. See our great choice of approved used Toyotas too. Get expert servicing from our manufacturer-trained tech and specialist advice from our Motability team. Visit Macklin Motors Toyota now at Kennishead Road, Darnley. The new name for Toyota in Glasgow. Welcome to another big football week and what a week it could be. It's prize-giving time, as you know. Kilmarnock, congratulations, the cinch champions of the championship. Cove Rangers at the weekend winning Division 1, following Kelty last week clinching Division 2. Who is going to win the biggest of them all? Celtic stay six points clear, four games to go. Kyogo and Jota, 27 league games unbeaten. That came 24 hours after Rangers, 10-man Rangers, narrowed the gap to three points. 3-1 win at Motherwell. Leanne Crichton is with us. Peter Grant is with us. Peter, your old club, are they on the home straight now? This game this Sunday is massive. They always are. It never changes. <laughs> <laughs> so it doesn't matter what we're playing for. Um, but I think the, the most important thing was the two teams went away in very difficult circumstances. You know, Ross County have been doing exceptionally well. Celtic went and got the result up there. Motherwell, obviously, always a difficult place to go to. And with 10 men as well. So both of them have done their business that way. They know it always comes down to probably the Celtic Rangers games always. And that's the way it's proven again. So... But I still see Celtic, Jack and Mac is coming back. I think that's a big, big player for them. Even though Kyogo done exceptionally well, I think Jack and Marcus gives them something different. Leanne, what's your take on it? It's pretty exciting, isn't it? But it was massive at the weekend because Rangers had that chance. They narrowed it to three points. A bit of pressure on Celtic. It was. I think there was huge pressure on both sides. You know, I think Rangers going to Fir Park, as Peter says, it's a tough place to go to. Then they go a player down, uh, you know, the tide could have turned then, but credit to them, they bounced back, got a good result. That then put the pressure on Celtic again. Ross County, we know how well they've performed, top six. Um, there could still be points shipped between now and the end of the season. The weekend is, is going to be massive, I think, in terms of the just what it means, the magnitude of the game. But it's um, it's been interesting. And we've got a European semi-final as well, Leanne. I can't remember a time like this. It's been a long time, isn't it? A tight race for the title and uh, one of the big two in Europe. Thursday. Excellent, yeah, for the game, for Scottish football. I think for everybody associated with, with Rangers Football Club, it's massive. Um, I think any neutral fan that, that can support them is um, for their coefficient for everything. You know, I think it, it puts our game on the map and Peter will know it as well. And um, people are really quick to put Scottish football down. And I think to get to this stage in a European competition, when you look at the budget, um, I, I looked at a breakdown the other day, when you look at the Rangers team, what it's worth the amount that's been paid for the players within it, when you look at the wages in comparison to the teams that are now left in the competition, it really is an unbelievable achievement that they're there. If they could go one step further and get themselves to a final, it really would be something special. 
Rangers fans, what are you thinking ahead of the game on Thursday? Leipzig, RB, the Red Bull Leipzig. 0808 17 17 700. Your chance to speak to Leanne Crichton and also to Peter Grant. Leanne, great to see you back in. We've not seen you for a wee while. It's been so long. Feeling good though? <laughs> yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, had a couple of weeks that I was a bit under the weather, but glad to, to be back to just about normal. Excellent. And Motherwell, you had a win at the weekend. Uh, 1-0 against Spartans at the top of the table defending champions Glasgow City under real pressure from leaders Rangers yeah they are Glasgow City I think the, the important thing for them yesterday was securing that Champions League spot as well for next season which has always been a massive incentive when you're at that club so that's huge for them but Rangers a momentous day for them yesterday playing at Ibrooks as well a decent crowd turned out I think 4,500 as they defeated Aberdeen which again comes with pressure um, I'm sure it was really significant for everybody involved there at the top of the table it's theirs to throw away um, and for the rest of us in the league it's just about making sure you finish the season as strongly as you possibly can because the restructure means there's no relegation um, the, the league size will increase next season which is good but Motherwell got three points yesterday so that's all I'm interested in <laughs> And you were in the big meeting today about reconstruction you know the women's game going into the SPFL you got your timings wrong a wee bit though oh, so you can relax <laughs> the next two hours do you want a cup of tea? Coffee? My diary's yeah. been shocking Paul honestly my time management is ridiculous but no yeah. it's exciting yeah okay. really yeah. glad to be part of those discussions um, that was around the rebranding of, of the league and what it'll look like and moving across to the SPFL which I think is going to be massive for the women's game just in general so we're finishing the season really strongly I think and um, the restructure will be good but like the men's game there's a lot happening you know and it's really tough at times to keep on top of everything that's going on but thankfully um, it's all good stuff we're speaking about Looking forward to 0808 17 17 700 and Peter we want to say congratulations to Derek McInnes Billy Bowie everyone at Kilmarnock they looked as though they were maybe sliding a wee bit right at the end but they won it late late show Friday night but they're champions Absolutely and that's what they started the season trying to be they've got a strong squad of players obviously they're changing management within it you know and I know what it's like you know when you get in there it's not as easy you've got all that pressure of being favourites to go back up um, the first half I think you've seen that there was more pressure on them uh, both were going there and never changed anything they've done all season they've made it under, put you under pressure yeah. got the goal you know and were, looked comfortable actually but to be fair Derek's adjusted it at half time made a couple of uh, changes in the, the way they played and it worked for them and then I, I think in the end they, they end up being the, the rightful winners on the end but over the piece they're going to have to strengthen for next season everyone can see that you would agree Leanne but enjoy it just now and Stephen McGinn who joins us during the week as well he's been an inspired choice at Kelly hasn't he yeah and it was you know nice listening to Stephen uh, post-match you could tell how much it meant to him and I think that, that as players is something that regardless of what division you're in whether you're commanded that feel that you're a premiership club that's had to drop down to the championship for some of those players, that will be their level in the sense that they won't move on to command it when it becomes that Premiership team because the manager will probably deem them not good enough. But I think it's so important to live in the moment and enjoy that moment because team sport, for as much as you put into it, times you don't get an awful lot back. And I think to lift a trophy in front of a packed out rugby park with your friends and family in the crowd, um, with a television audience, that's really significant in a player's career and a manager's career. So there was pressure on Derek to go to command and deliver success and he didn't get it all his own way credit to our growth they really have pushed mm. them right to the wire the fairy tale story could have been quite something but it's not mm. can they do it through the playoffs only time will tell but Kilmarnock they've restored their premiership status and what's going to happen who's going to be in the playoffs Dundee uh, getting the draw with St Johnson at the weekend Peter what do you think it looks as though still Dundee will go down almost mathematically impossible I think obviously they're going to go one up on Saturday yep. you think mm -hmm. they've had a great chance I think late in the game mm -hmm. as well to win the game and obviously they're the moments that can be the difference when you look over the next four or five games whoever's left now 
that's a big, big point for sure for St Johnson, and I think that's bringing other teams into it, you know. And I think that's the thing we've got to be careful now going into the next few games. We all just thought it was going to be Dundee St Johnson. Mm -hmm. I think there's a few other teams now looking over their shoulder. Not least St Mirren. You worried for them? It's one win in fourteen or something, isn't it? It's really, really alarming. I think when you start to look at the the statistics, Stephen Robinson, it's a difficult one, and it, Peter, I don't know how you would view it. It actually feels like it's been a a worst case scenario for him getting in there when he actually never had anything to fix as such. It wasn't a team in crisis. Mm -hmm. the, the circumstances around Jim leaving was that he was moving on to bigger and better things in his eyes. Um, then you you maybe don't get to put your same stamp and authority on it because there doesn't seem to be too much going wrong. But ultimately, they're not his players. They're, they're not his team that he's recruited. And I think he's paid the price for that because he doesn't seem to know them well enough to deliver results. Especially at this time. Mm -hmm. You know, and when you're getting it, is it all about results? Mm -hmm. It's not about performance and yep. putting a structure in place thinking, right, how are we going to win and how are we going to build this? It's all about, so all of a sudden, he's got to get him win every game he's in there to mm -hmm. get himself safe first and foremost and then try and maybe put his own stamp on it. Unfortunately, that's not been able to happen. And if we were Red Radio, like Red TV in Aberdeen, they will also be really worried because Aberdeen also uh, on those 36 points. Same as St Mirren. We're going to talk about it during the next two hours. 0808 17 17 700. Take a call in a second or two. Let's hear from the two managers who'll come face-to-face -face again on Sunday. Ange Postacoglu, what about yesterday's win? Yeah, strong performance. We know it's difficult place to come and play and you know, they're a hard team to break down you know probably should have put them away in the first half to be fair we had enough opportunities but uh, you know to, to put in a strong performance which is what we needed today um, I thought the boys uh, did well 2-0 for Celtic at Dingwall 24 hours earlier Rangers got the game earlier quite rightly for the game with RB Leipzig good to see some common sense and Rangers down to 10 men doesn't happen too often but here's the manager well I mean we had to uh, we have to adjust the, the game plan of course I think we uh, we started off really well we were 1-0 up they have control of the game and uh, you know of course with the, with the red card we have to switch to uh, to a different way of playing I think we uh, we did it really well especially the second half so we at halftime to, uh, to to change things a little bit uh, in, when we have the ball, but also defensively. So uh, I think it worked out well. And then, uh, you know, you just have to uh, make sure you uh, you create the chances, uh, although you are one man less. But I think the, the players did really well what we wanted. And uh, you see, we could, we also with 10 men create a lot of chances to score. First caller of the week here in Go Radio in Glasgow Zone is Jason, a Rangers fan. Good evening, Jason. Good evening, guys. How are you doing? Evening, Good, Jason. thank you. Yeah, we're enjoying the sunshine. Yeah. <laughs> Jason, what about you? We are we a bit worried on Saturday for a wee while? Uh, yeah, I was at the game. Uh, oh, good. I was yeah. down at Fur Park uh, at, at the weekend there. Um, I mean, no complaints about the red car, to be honest with you. Mm. Um, to be fair, it was it was one of them that, certainly from where I was sitting, you could see that he went over the ball. I don't think Balligan's a dirty player by any means. And, you know, you can see that he's, not intentionally went out to, yeah. to hurt him but it's one of the tackles he's, he's went him with a bit of force and obviously nowadays mm -hmm. uh, the rules state that if you go over the ball and your studs are shown then unfortunately it's a red card but I also believe that one of the, the Motherwell players not long after it five five minutes or after it so uh, put in a similar tackle and, and, and it was on a yellow card so again the inconsistency of, of, of refereeing and, uh, and Scottish football comes to comes to question but overall uh, 3-1 victory away from home you know, with 10 men you, you, you can't complain too much with that and what about Scott Wright and his performance I like to give the, the goal to the, the player the offensive player rather than you know a goalkeeper own goal what did you think Jason and what about Scott Wright I said to one of my mates that I was with at the game uh, of late well Scott Wright was he was out of the, out of the fold for, for a while there and 
he's obviously had some cameos coming off the bench um, against good opposition at that. He's came on in Europe and uh, sort of shown himself in a good light. And I thought on the, the weekend there on Saturday, he was probably the standout player across both teams on the park. Uh, he was aggressive with the ball. He was looking to take players on. Um, and he was just offering something a bit different. So uh, I was delighted for him to get a, get a couple of goals. And that only do his confidence good going into, obviously, what's a, a massive game on Thursday and, and a huge game on, on Sunday as well. Leanne's good to, at this time of the season, to get a squad player stepping up. I think he's been one of those players, isn't there? There's been question marks mm. over him and what his impact looked like. Um, Jason mentions those cameo appearances and I think that's what he had become renowned for, that it only would be a cameo appearance and that's why at times it's so important though to keep your squad together and, and keep everybody feeling like they're part of something because football changes so quickly, whether it's injuries, suspensions, just now COVID, everything. You know, you you could be required at any moment in time. So I think it was credit to, to Scott Wright because he, he probably has come under a bit of pressure and a bit of criticism I don't think he he was as much of a standout in the first half. I think he, he certainly stood up to the challenge second half, along with Sakala, who's another yeah. player that I think, again, there's been question marks over. But it's over to them now because there is limited options for Rangers and they need these players to come to the forefront and make a difference. So I was impressed with Scott Wright. I think he showed signs of the, the reason why he's at Rangers. You know, the, the reason why the club signed him and brought him there. Peter, uh, your eyebrow went up when uh, Jason was saying there could have been a red card as well for the motherwell player. Oh, I agree. Could have been. I agree. Yeah. When you, you talk about the modern day, you yeah. know, it's, they talk about harsh and the tackle and going over the ball and the power behind the tackle. You can see all these things happened, and I, I could, if you got a red card for that, you couldn't have probably complained. But as I say, I'm another one for. I like tackles in the games anyway, so. Mm. I think the modern day game obviously get away with murder. Some people get sent off for nothing now, you know. So I'm always on the side of the player, but I can see the reason why. If one goes, the other one was definitely right on the cusp. That could have definitely happened on the Scott Wright situation. I worked with Scott when we were away with Scotland, the twenty ones, whatever. He's got great pace. He likes the game in front of him. Mm. It could be one of these things that work in Rangers' favour going to Leipzig because Leipzig have got a lot of pace in their team. Him and Sakala, the both of them are not good at receiving the ball. Both of them like to run. You know, so they like to go behind and if the likes of Leipzig and that they like to push their full backs on, that leave space in these wide areas, and that can maybe be the outball for Rangers more than actually going through the middle of the pitch and up to a striker where usually the ball gets held in. So it could work out in their favour. That that kind of looked like maybe what the tweak to the system was, yeah. Peter. Yeah. You know, I think that was and it actually did suit Sakala and Wright Absolutely. much more than what you've seen because they do normally play if it's a Morelis or a roof, it's up to feet, get the midfield playing off them, runners then going beyond. Yeah. But they started a lot deeper and I thought that was the difference in Sakala. At times I don't think he's great dribbling with the ball, but certainly when it's the time and space to get going, there's no stopping him. You know, and I thought he was the word I used for him um on Saturday night, he was honest because in a couple of occasions that he made a difference. He could have actually went down, he could have ground to a halt the shirt pull and mm -hmm. just outside the penalty. Other players would have kind of Yep. threw the hands up and went, you know, get them in the book. But he played to try and get an end product and that's I what... I remember we the, we played um, Arsenal with West Ham mm -hmm. and we could have put 10 in the middle of the pitch and they kept the ball off us. Jason, you listen to this. We <laughs> played honest, Arsenal. I, I love this no, chat. This is, this, is, this is the thing because we a player that was very similar to Sakala was a boy called Marlon Herwood who was lightning quick. Wasn't a great receiver at the ball, strong as a bull but could run. And we thought, Arsenal keep pushing their full backs on and we thought, we could play 10 in there and they'll still keep the ball off us. So every time we won the ball, we went into the full-back area. Yeah. Every single time, never tried to go through them. We ended up beating them three. Scored three at Highbury. It was at Highbury the game. We scored three at Highbury. I think one and three, one, I think it was. It was the night Saul Campbell 
walked off at half-time and, and chucked it, really, you know, yeah. because right. we kept getting in with so much pace. But we knew that was the space. And I'm looking at the game on, on Saturday, I'm thinking that's something Rangers could do by Sakala. If you don't have the centre-forward mm -hmm. you have, you could play, like say, Arfield mm -hmm. a little bit deeper off it, but play your centre-forward to the right-hand side, yep. you know? Mm -hmm. And it's somewhere you could talk, because these teams like to come forward. They like to fling their full-backs out. Full back, centre-backs don't want to be going out there, especially against pace. Mm -hmm. So I'm thinking that's something that Rangers maybe look at and could use as a tactic within the game against Leipzig. Jason, what do you think? 100%. Obviously, uh, our options up front are, are limited. Um, yep. Some misfortune injuries with Ruth and uh, obviously Morelos being out. Uh, obviously, the, the Morelos blow being, being the main one for me, I, I feel like, especially in Europe, he's been uh, pivotal in the way that we play and our game plan going into these these obviously big European nights. And then Ruth came on to a bit of a game uh, and then obviously he, he, he then falls injured. So we now need to try and adapt and, and make sure that we, we change our game plan to suit uh, the two new strikers up top which looks like it's either going to be Sakala there's mm. talk of potentially Kent going through the middle I don't know if that will be the case but that's that's certainly an option um, but I fancy Rangers I do I, I don't know why for the last sort of three or four games leading up to the to the quarter final the last 16 I've just got I've got a gut feeling that uh, this year was going to be the year that we could we could take it back to the final so um, two, two massive games coming up how we're going to set up I don't know but um, hopefully the players realise what an opportunity for it is, uh, is for them to make their name in, in, in Rangers history and, and get to another European final. So um, I'm, I'm hopeful that they, they, they realise the task that they've got and they can go into this game and, and give 100%. And um, if they do that, uh, if we can go across to Germany and, and get a draw or mm. even maybe a 1-0 deficit to come back to Ibrox, the atmosphere at Ibrox in the last three European nights at Dortmund and um, Braga was, was, was unreal. Um, so... I fancy us against them. Not any yeah. team, but most teams certainly in the Europa League at Ibrox to get a result. So that's what I'm hoping for come Thursday night. I know by Sunday you'll be saying your priority is the game on Sunday. Of course it is. But if Celtic win, that's that's it. What's your one, two, three? Is it to win the Scottish Cup, to win Europe, and then the title? Is that your sort of expectations? The, what I want is, is different to my expectations. Yes. My expectations yeah. probably sure. would be that for yeah. sure, yeah. Expectation, um, yeah. Um, what I expect is I expect Rangers to, to go on and win, win the Scottish Cup. I expect us to, to, to get to the, the final of the Europa League. Um, if I'm honest, I think the league's now, now past us, um, to, to be fair. Mm -hmm. uh, if we can get, even if we do get something at Celtic Park on Sunday, um, obviously we're, we're still down to three points plus the goal difference, so technically four points. Um, and I, I just can't see Celtic dropping points after that. So um, expectation-wise, yes, I would yeah. like to see us go on and win the Scottish Cup and also get to the European final. And if we do that, although it's a major disappointment coming off the back of a, a, you know, a league where we, we sort of won it, I can't by 25 points last season. Now, yeah, you got the 25 <laughs> points in in 20 minutes, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's mentioned it. Oh, sorry, I was trying to forget. <laughs> uh, Jason, listen, great call. Good to give you insight. Sorry, what's your final word? What were you going to say? Hey, that's it. So that, 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 Great. That's Let's ask Peter yeah, Grant then before we go to the break. Peter, how many times were you sent off because you're talking there about the game now and they don't really like the tackles the way they used to? Answer maybe after the break. Okay, we'll hear from Peter and that. Um, and Leanne, it's great to have you back here on Go Radio. Uh, brilliant to hear you. The Go Radio Football Show with MacklinMotors.com representing some of the biggest motoring manufacturers across Scotland. Let's go! Thanks to Chris for the traffic and travel. It's the Go Radio Football Show, Glasgow Zone, with Macklin Motors. Thanks for making the switch. We're on every night. 
not from six, we're on from five. We start early, we get the conversation going. Because, Leanne, there's so much to talk about in Scottish football. I mean, which one do you want to choose? Where will oh. we go? We talked Rangers a moment ago. Jam-packed, isn't, isn't it? There's so much. Celtic uh, back on the rails. Um, Ange Postacoglu, he talks a lot of good sense, doesn't he? When someone says, oh, wait a minute. So we lost uh, by one goal <laughs> in extra time against Rangers. Uh, OK, um, he, he, he does. He's really good. As he speaks GBB, really well. He does, yeah, and yeah. I think the both yeah. of them. But yeah. actually, uh, what I found is it's maybe the first title running that we've had for a number of years that it's not actually about the managers mm-hmm. um, because I think at some point in there it was about Stephen Gerrard it was about Neil Lennon it was about what that looked like then it was maybe mm-hmm. about even Scott Brown and leave it you know so I yeah. think now you've just got two guys that just fly under the radar for me and I think they do speak really well and they manage to diffuse situations really well and I think that's so important I think they've handled that pressure exceptionally well mm-hmm. I mean because they're both of adversity you know, I think that's important. And you involve with Celtic or Rangers, you know, there's criticism comes with everything you don't do. You know, the praise comes lightly, but it goes very quickly, you know, and I've handled that exceptionally well. I thought Gio in the European games, and he was getting a lot of criticism. And I said to you, I thought the performance was a lot better for the criticism he was getting. And I thought he spoke very well about it. And I think Ange from the start spoke exceptionally well, you know, and I think that's probably something Celtic needed at that moment in time is that calmness. You know, we maybe not see the same guy, maybe be completely different on the training pitch, which most of us are. You know, the demands you're putting on your players and what you're expecting around about the training ground. But he's handled that in front of the cameras and the press. He's done it exceptionally well. And I think that's why people, and you know when you've upset him. Mm. You know, he knows he's got an answer. He knows when he goes in, he, he thinks, he listens to the question that's been asked. He gives you the answer to the question that's been asked. I think that's very important because, you know, that's what the press is waiting for up here. They're just waiting here to kill you stone dead with one thing you say wrong and he's handled that exceptionally well especially as you say the pressure probably that ever, both of them have been under you know in a short period of time you even a go at the press the media here we're part of the no that's fact up here of course because as I say but in England as well no yeah but it's slightly different because they're delusional <laughs> no I, 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 I say yeah. that in my heart because in, as I say I've been doing there for 25 yeah. years now outside Manchester United and I've mm. said it before yeah. Celtic and Rangers they're the only teams that play under the pressure. Forget everybody else. And I'll tell you that now. And as I say, I wouldn't have said that before I went down because no. you're only hearsay then. But I've been down there, seen it all, been involved in London derbies, Manchester, you name yeah. I've seen them all, you know what I mean? So, but there's nothing compared to what happens up here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the criticism that comes with the, the daily coverage of the newspapers, radios, mm-hmm. phone-ins, sure. you name yep. it. They're all part of that. But as I say, I think we're, we're trying, we should be, be a bit more healthy on their respect of what the players are doing. Sometimes they'll know the greatest of games, mm. understand why the manager made a certain decision, why they're not available. Because the last two, three years, it's not just been football. The COVID has a massive, massive effect, effect on everyone at football clubs. You know, and players are like, because we've got to remember they're human beings. And I think we've looked away from that. And I think a lot of criticism came to players that they didn't deserve because I think they deserved a wee bit of a leeway because... They've got health problems as well during that. The training's completely different. Where they were getting ready to get changed was completely different. Families. Their preparation yeah. to change was completely different. Yeah. But nobody ever looked at that. And it, then it became easier for as someone once, William Mitchell said, the keyboard warriors who were yeah. sitting in the house mm-hmm. just giving criticism because they had more time in their hands, which made it even worse. And they're anonymous. Ryan's a Celtic fan on the line from the Celtic podcast. Ryan, good evening. Hi guys, how you doing? You alright? Yeah, Hi Ryan. We're good, Hi, Ryan. thank you. We're getting some good sense uh, from both Peter and Leanne. It's good to get the other um, side of it, isn't it? And to hear the perspective that, because, you know, we, we just look at last season, let's say for you for Celtic, and people do forget about the COVID and all the other circumstances, which 
Rangers had to deal with and everybody else, but we kind of move on quickly, don't we? Ryan, what you what do you want to say tonight? What are you thinking after the weekend? Um, absolutely delighted. Um, I think it was a tale of two halves, but mm-hmm. both positives for us because the first half we were playing really well, attacking football. It was just we couldn't we couldn't score more goals. And then the second half, Ross County came into the game a wee bit more, mm-hmm. and I thought Celtic were just brilliant defensively. I think it's it's, it's such a cliche, but attack wins games and defence wins championships. And I think I think you've seen that this season how good Celtic have been defensively. I'm just Really, really impressed. Yeah, well, I think you're right. I think even Carter Vickers got a blocking late on in the game yesterday again. You know, and I think he's done that time and time again. And Star felt, to be fair to him, for the criticism he got at the start. And as I say, I've always one of these guys, I've always tried to give him a bit of balance because he's on an unnatural side for him, you know. And coming to Celtic after the disappointment of last year and playing under that pressure, I thought the two of them have defended exceptionally well. I've said it about Joe Hart. Everybody talks about Kyogo with the goals he scored. Joe Hart's been so important, not just for the saves he's made at important times, but people will forget because at 1-0 or something, you'll have a save and people forget that at 0-0 and they're going to win 5-0. And that's always been the case with goalkeepers. But I think he's been so important in the dressing room. That's the way it looks to me. You know, somebody like him has presence. And you forget, and I think everybody forgets up here, he's at 75 caps for England. You know what I mean? Yep. That's massive, you know, amount for a, a country like mm-hmm. that. And I think Ryan's right. I think the, the club was where... Though my only concern was yesterday was that Ross County were still in the game. Mm-hmm. That was my only concern because they're a big side. They're good at their set plays. Malky gets them working really hard. They've got the top goal scorer in the league, mm-hmm. if I'm, you know, if I'm correct. Yep. He's got the top goal scorer in the league. So you know they've got a goal. And that's very, very unusual when you're a team that's been fighting down the bottom. So there's always the moments you're not wanting to slip up. So you're always a little bit nervous. Mm-hmm. But as I say, I thought Celtic thoroughly deserved to win the game and as I say, it puts in a fantastic position for this weekend. Great to praise the defence. What about the striker, Kyogo? He's back his first start since, what, December? His first start of a game. And uh, here's his manager. He's missed a big chunk of the season and uh, he's a hell of a player. And You know, we, we've done well without him, but it's great to have him back. And, you know, he's still not 100% sharp. He probably would have had two or three today in his best form. But um, great for him to get a goal for his award. Leanne, he could have had two or three. Yeah, he could have, but that's just a, a little bit rusty, isn't it? Yeah. Coming back from injury, I think he's been put in a pedestal because his performances early on in the season were so good. He's so clinical, but I think any player, it's unrealistic to think that you'll come back and, and hit the ground running. But what's important for Celtic is they've got him back and they're now getting him back up to speed. And I would expect him to feature heavily, you know, come this weekend. And I'm sure the minutes yesterday will only put him in good stead. To me, does he seem like a, he got his goal? Um, but I don't think he's a selfish player. I don't think it really matters to him the way he plays. I think he's more about the team and the team performance and when the team are doing well that's that's all that should matter I think as any player um, but it's a huge boost for them certainly ahead of the old firm Okay, will go 17 goals Ryan you'll be looking forward to who's up front for you then this weekend and Gikamakis on as well and hit the bar but the second goal Jota was there what are you thinking about the Celtic lineup? It's a really really good headache to have because we've got two strikers that are back on form which is absolutely brilliant I think if out of the two of them, I would probably pick Yakimakis, and that's just due to the last games we've played against Rangers. Um, we really struggled without him at Hamden, that sort of focal point up front. He was he was an absolute nightmare at Ibrox and at Celtic Park as well. I thought he was quite unlucky not to score in both of those games. But um, I would probably go with Yakimakis, but Hugo's a great player to bring off the bench for half an hour to go. It's funny how quickly football changes like that, though, isn't it? And opinions change because maybe, well, I think was it Boxing Day was the last time that Kyogo played um, or started anyway, and to think how long Celtic have gone without him. And 
how hard Jackie Marcus had to work to convince people that he was probably good enough to be that Celtic nine and to do the job that he did. But I would agree, I think Celtic did miss him in that cup match um, because I think they had got used to the way that he plays and the job that he does for the team. So they had now got to that point where they adapt and they're now going to need to adapt again to get back to the way Kelgo does because they're so different. Um, but uh, what a headache to have, 100%. You would rather have both of them fit and, scratch, you know, coming right down to the wire, Peter, what would you uh, that's do? Exactly, that's exactly, you've got both players available, different types of players. Yeah. Kyogo, I would play Jack Amakis for the power. Um, I think mm. Kyogo's got fantastic movement, runs in behind very well, his movement's electric. Jack Amakis, I agree with Ryan in the respect to that. I don't think like Rangers playing against his physicality and it sounds strange because it's two big lads that play back there. You know, and they've not liked his physicality. And I don't think it would allow, if they play Bassett left centre half, allow him to get after Rogic. Mm. You know, I think he would need a heed of his hands full looking after uh, Jack and Marcus, you know, and never mm. mind that. And that could create space for, like, say, Rogic or whatever. And that's slightly different. And that's what Rangers done in the last game. I thought they'd done it quite well. I don't think Jack and Marcus would allow that. But as I say, I'm a big, big fan of Kyogo. I think his movement was excellent. I thought his header yesterday was fantastic, you know. But I just think the, the big fella just gives you that wee bit more presence. What, as I said earlier, that's why I think Celtic, the difference this year is what they can bring on and what they can move about and manoeuvre around about the team. So bringing somebody like Kyogo on at any particular time mm. of the game. And plus the fact that Leanne's made the point about Christmas time since his last full games, you know what I mean? Hamstrings are a hell of a thing. You know, Kyo, uh, Jack and Mac has only been out for a couple of weeks. Kyogo's been out for a few months, really. And we have to be very, very careful with that. And I know it's near the end of the season, and people say, ah, oh, well, it doesn't matter if he misses, if he plays this game and does well in this mm. game, that, that doesn't matter. You've just got to be very, very careful because that would be a blow if he'd mm. go off in the game as early mm. if it was a, a substitution like that got to be made. So I would start Jack and Marcus and then Keel going for sure. Ryan, were you a wee bit worried going into the weekend then, given the way Celtic played? And we heard what the manager said, you know, you lost 2-1 in extra time against a, a Rangers who are in a European semi. And we know all the narrative about the extra time for Rangers and all the rest of it. Um, but were you a wee bit concerned before yesterday? And was it such a huge day for you to get that win at Dingwall? Yeah, I mean, I was only back concerned, obviously, you're coming off the back of a loss, but you look at the league form, I mean, the amount of games yeah. that have went unbeaten, I was I was just hoping that the the cup defeat wouldn't just, it wouldn't go into the form that we'd, we'd been showing in the league, but after about 10, 15 minutes after watching the way that we were playing, I was I was quite confident that we'd get the job done. The only problem was we didn't score more goals in the yeah. first half, so I think we could have been four or five goals up. If, if Hugo had his shooting boots on, which is incredible to say, because he, cause he scored in the game but yeah. he, he, he gets so many chances um, and it, it's almost weird to say if he was more prolific he'd be on about 25, 30 goals a season but he's got 17 hasn't he yeah. I know only 17 here's your manager <laughs> talking about the performance solid defensively you know because they've got some threats you know every time every chance they get they'll throw the ball in the box whether it's a throw in a free kick and they've got some big boys in there so you know we had to deal with that yeah I thought we handled it really well today yeah uh, I say it's not an easy place to come. You can look at their record at home and uh, you know, to do it the way we did today was pleasing. And what did you think about Jota? Yeah, he was good today. Yeah, no, he's, look, he's, again, he's another player who, um, you know, had a great start to the season and got an injury. So, you know, we've had a few of those players who just had, you know, their momentum interrupted and it's taken them, takes them a while to get back. It's only natural, but, uh, you know, he's been working hard. And yeah, today, team-wise, he was, he was excellent. I thought he worked really hard and, and was a good link for us. And more importantly, in that final third, every time he got it, he looked dangerous. He was sensational early in the season, wasn't he, Peter? How are you feeling about him, Jota, ahead of the game with Rangers? I really like Jota. I've been really impressed with him. Um, but I thought what he'd done better yesterday than he'd done in the last few games was put early crosses in. Even on the left-hand side, he's went by and he's put great delivery in. 
And I, I genuinely believe if Jackamakis was involved, he'd have scored because he loves that running to the front post. But I think Josh should have done that in the Rangers game. Mieda was right through the middle. He doesn't put the cross in. He touched back onto his right foot. But I thought the managers obviously were because that was it. The St. Johnson game and the manager had a bit of stick at him when they were winning 6-0. He never put the ball across. Then he's done it in the Rangers game where I thought he should have done it for Mieda. He's not put the ball across. I really important. I think it had put Celtic 2-0 up at the time. He's not put it across. You can see the manager a wee bit animated with him. The other day there, uh, yesterday, sorry, he put a fantastic, I think it was two balls within a short, short period of time with his left foot proving that he can do it with his mm -hmm. left foot, but fantastic balls they were. And they're the moments, I think, that like say Jack and Marcus is more of that predator psyker than Kyogo is at this moment in time. That could, I think that proves that because he was in Holland last year and was the top goal scorer in the league and a team that was relegated. That's near impossible. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's near impossible, but that shows you he's a goal scorer. Leanne, it's going to no, be some weekend, isn't it? Oh, of course it is. Yeah, but no, I would agree with that. I think yep. that both wide players for Celtic started incredibly well, didn't they? Yep. Jota, Abada, their numbers speak for themselves. Abada, again, is one of those, he's been in and out of the team. Jota's mm -hmm. kind of held his place on most occasions. It is just that decision-making, and you'll see it at every level of the game. That's why players maybe like Jota don't make it at their parent clubs, you know, and they fall by the wayside, and then they need to go out and loan and, and almost re-establish themselves. But there's no doubt that the endless amounts of talent that he's got, it's just that consistency level, but he was he was much better at that yesterday. Afterwards, Jota was asked about the future. He said, no, I'm not thinking about that. lot to play for this season. Ryan, what's your feeling? Is he going to stay or is he going to go? I think I think out of the two players we've got on loan at the moment, I think he'd be more likely if uh, Carter Vickers stayed. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think that one's getting talked about a wee bit more. Mm -hmm. But ideally, you want to keep the two of them because it'd be easier to just integrate them into the squad. They wouldn't even need integrating them in the next season. And then they can just spend the whole pre-season with us, which would mm -hmm. be ideal. But ideally, you want to get the two of them in. I mean, they've, they've both been fantastic this season. Yeah. Um, Two really, really good signs, yep. and they were both in deadline day as well, which sure. makes it even more incredible. And what about big Joe Hart? Peter Grant mentioned him. Um, he was unloved for so long in England, um, but you and the Celtic fans absolutely love this guy. Yeah, and, and, and you know, I, I think we don't see a lot of the work that's going on probably in the dressing room as well. The guy's been there and done that. He's, he's won so many trophies in his career. They probably needed another leader in there because Scott Brown left the club and he's mm -hmm. sort of taken on that role, that sort of veteran's role along with Carl McGregor. So it's just an added bonus that he's a really, really good goalkeeper as well and he's been absolutely sensational this season. He's an influencer, isn't he? I don't know if he's a social media one, but he certainly is in that. And the whole team, Leanne, you see it time after. You know, if there's injuries, sometimes if there's tackles, yeah. he goes out and calms things down. He does, he does. And I think he, he's... As he's got older, I think he's found a better way of doing that because my memories of Joe Hart maybe down in England is that he was always right bang centre of everything that was going on and it was like the cameras were always on him in those moments and I think that's why then at parts of his career he was distracted and maybe lost a bit mm -hmm. of form. I think now he's just so mature and you can see the camera influence that he probably has on that Celtic team. The guys are right in the dressing room, it'll be massive. So important, I think, to have those guys that know what it's like, know what it takes, but not to get ahead of yourselves, not to get carried away, just to keep a lid on things and, and keep a bit of calmness about it. But I think the entire Celtic team have changed in that sense under Ange Postacoglu anyway. I don't think the manager would allow players to get carried away or to have any sort of bravado going on. I think even in, in the moments that they win games and big results that they've had, it's not the same performance at the end of the game. It's not that same over-the-top kind of it's a big season and every game's important but I don't think the manager ever lets the players get carried away with it until the job is done Peter, does he remind you of any of the, the great managers that you worked under? Just the way well, he handles the players I was fortunate enough yeah. you know, with Big Billy and yeah. Davey and that were all the same they were all winners but as yeah. players 
you know, I think that was important for them. They were winners as players, they were winners as managers. So they understood it was all about the next game. They knew you went to bed. I think I always tried to go in the mantra, Big Billy and Davey, and that used to say to me, he enjoyed it as a manager for half an hour after the game, you know, because you're preparing for the next match. And that's fact. And sometimes you take it to the extreme, especially if you're up in Glasgow, that's what you take to the extreme. You don't go out and enjoy it when you're victories because you know around the corner there could, could something could kick you in the backside, you know, so you have a wee bit of respect that way. But Celtic have earned it. And to come back to the Jota situation, he's got to remember there's no many places that will love him the way he's been loved. He's got 60,000 people that sing his name. The only way he's leaving Celtic Football Club is for money. Nothing else, because he'll not get the adulation anywhere else. I don't care where he goes. He'll not get the same adulation anywhere. And a lot of them should remember that. You're saying these will be the best months, years Abs of his life? 100%. I don't care. Benfica, he's going to be in and out, whatever, Bolton, Lisbon, wherever he goes back to Portugal, whatever, these sort of teams, he'd be in and out their squads, probably. Maybe not play as often. But he wouldn't be adulation, the adulation he gets at Celtic Park, you know, for... Been winning, hopefully win the league, you know, win cups, you know, a chance to perform it week in, week out, and these people singing your name. He won't get it anywhere else. And a lot of these guys, I know it's not the people will say it's not the best league in Europe, but the one thing it does gives you, it gives you great adulation. Fate nowhere else you'll get it like it in the world. Oh, you know all about it. Peter Grant is with us. Ryan, thanks for the call. Maybe speak to you near the game on Sunday. Yeah, perfect. Thanks for having me, guys. Thank you very much, Ryan. The Go Radio Football Show with MacklinMotors.com Representing some of the biggest motoring manufacturers across Scotland. Let's go! Go Radio Football Show with the Macklin Motors who are with us. We've had a big weekend with the Kilt Walk. Over 10,000 people walking, many of them from the football world and from business. We had a great weekend from Glasgow Green yesterday morning at 8 o'clock all the way to the last. It was a man came over the line at 13 minutes past nine last night, but he did the 24 miles. So thanks lots of people from the football world there. And someday you'll remember before your time, but a Rangers great Willie Henderson was there. I know there. Willie well. I know ah, he's brilliant. Well. And Willie had a wee slip, he fell. And Willie, we hope you're well. We've been in touch with your people today. And uh, he was in brilliant form in the morning. <laughs> he was doing it there for his uh, daughter, his late great daughter, Michelle cervical cancer charity he was there with his friends and out doing it 78 years old Willie Henderson what a man character <laughs> I mean I got to meet him fortunate enough quite a few times and he'd always a great word to say and he's yeah. always of that camaraderie between Celtic and Rangers players of old you know and you did Jimmy Johnson's God rest him and the Bobby Lennox and Willie's and they were always fantastic to be in their company and listen to the stories that they used to tell you. And mm. that's why we were always following these guys because that's what we wanted to do, what they were achieving at that particular time. Nearly 700 charities represented yesterday. It was absolutely brilliant, Leanne. Uh, Andy Robertson's charity is at AR26. I saw a yeah. few of his jerseys uh, out there as well. Big weekend for him, of course, uh, winning the derby and scoring. But it was wonderful. From the biggest charities, over 400 for Chaz to tiny wee charities with two or three people walking. First Minister was there. Yeah, she was walking for Who Cares Scotland. Hunter and Hockey were there. So Tom Hunter, of course, adding 50% to everything that comes in. And Lord Hockey was walking as well and sponsoring. Uh, so the two of them will be a wee bit lighter, the wallets. But they can afford it, I would say. How are your feet feeling yeah. today? Do you know, I'm okay because You're I don't right. do that many miles on it because we're, we're here and everywhere. But honestly, it was so humbling. And people are so pleased to be back out there. Mm -hmm. Just something you touched on earlier after COVID and the kindness in Scotland. Honestly, phenomenal. Yeah, it's, it's amazing yeah. to see you're right yeah. and it is that 
bit that togetherness, having everybody mm. back together, doing something. It just doesn't feel the same when everything's been virtual and you're on your own. And mm. it's just that face-to-face -face contact and, and, you know, people motivate other individuals mm. to do more. And I think that, you know, the kilt walk's exceptional. I, I, don't, I honestly don't know if I can walk that far. Oh, you could. <laughs> <laughs> you That's so much I could say. maybe run it, but I don't know if I could walk it, so... You could easily do it. Like yeah, the kilt walk, it's a kilt run now. But there was exactly. so, could be, yeah. so many people, yeah. though, Paul, I did know that were, were taking part and they're really yeah. enthused by it. Actually, one of the a women that I bumped into um, at the petrol station mm. next to where I live the other week there, she was she always asked us, you know, seeing you yeah. here during mm. the radio, whatever, how's it going, how's football and whatnot. Oh, she says, I'm doing the kilt walk and really? I've been out training for it and I've been walking for here and there and I've been out on my own. And, uh, she says, I don't even listen to anything now. I just like people watching and I like seeing folk and taking it all in. So um, she had never done anything, you know, at that kind of distance before. So it's I think coming out of COVID, actually, you get a lot more people that actually open to the idea of it because they've maybe tried it during lockdown, they've walked a bit more, they've left the car and, and whatnot. So it's incredible. Stephen well done Reside. to everybody. Yeah, thank you. Stephen Reside was there, who's been on the show, as you know. He's a big Motherwell fan and he's now been invited as a VIP guest, but he was raising money for cerebral palsy in Scotland and he I was up there with the big wigs as well. He sent me the stats about Motherwell. I was like, I'm kind of busy, Stephen, but he sent me the stats. He was brilliant. Laura Boyd, STV will be on. I think it's on the news in a few minutes. We might switch from Sky Sports for a few moments if we can. Well done, Laura, and well done, Jackie Bird, who was doing it as well. Loads of people. Thanks to everyone who was at the Kilt Walk weekend. Crofty was there. It was great. Crofty was there uh, along with the family. So Crofty and Grado off this week, but he took time to come down. But it was brilliant. And a good great. weekend for weather as well. Look at look at makes it, which <laughs> makes red. a difference, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely brilliant. Peter Grant and Leanne Crichton with me, Paul Cooney here on the Go Radio Football Show with Macklin Motors. What a weekend it was. We've not even talked about the rest in the division. So Motherwell 1, Rangers 3, the two, the big two at the top, and Ross County and the old Celtic 2. But what about Livingston winning at Aberdeen? And it's Aberdeen, I guess, we're thinking about, really. Uh, Dundee 1, St. Johnson 1. Uh, Dundee United 2, Hearts 3. That was a great game at Tannadice. A game that you could say almost, you know, there's almost three leagues, aren't there? There's the Celtic and Rangers, then you've got Hearts in third, they're safe, and then you've got the rest. Mm -hmm. um, what about Aberdeen, Leanne? Would you be worried if you were a Dons fan now? Mm, I don't know if I would be worried because I do think that, that Jim Goodwin is a really good manager yeah. I think over the course his recruitment uh, is very good so I think it'll be interesting if, if he's allowed the time which we know that in the face of it some managers don't get um, and it only takes you to get one or two players in terms of that recruitment wrong for it you know, to fall by the wayside but they're a club that expect to be up there mm. and I don't think they show an awful lot of patience at times, Aberdeen fans. We saw that with Derek McInnes, whether he was just there too long, but when you look back on his record and what he delivered as a manager at the club and consistent with that, um, albeit the budget that he would have had that would have been greater than the rest um, other than the, the, the top two, um, I think you've got to be worried that you're almost just stumbling towards the end of the season and I don't think that was the plan when they made the managerial change and, and Jim went in there. I think when Jim got the job, everybody has said that's definitely 100% the right appointment. Mm -hmm. There's absolutely no doubt of that. I think Jim's went in and realised maybe it's a bigger job than he realised. Um, and he knows that's the sort of club he wants to be involved in. But the difference between probably, well, there is, between Aberdeen and St Mirren is exactly that, expectation. Mm -hmm. You know, you're expected to be third. If not in the top two, you're expected to be third, you know, with that club. And that, that is a completely different type. Jim can maybe handle that and we've spoke about it with Rangers and, that, and to be fair the Rangers the last few weeks have shown they can handle that pressure Aberdeen you're saying now what sort of pressure are they playing under at Pretoria I don't see them week in week out 
you know, there's a lot of changes maybe been made over the last wee bit. Jim's trying to make some changes, which is always difficult when you walk in the door. He's got rid of some players who are in contract as well already. So he's, he's doing a big change already. So he's wanting to get this season out the road. I can, you can sense that when Jim's talking. He talk, talks exceptionally well. You can sense that he's just wanting this finished so I can rebuild and get the rebuild. But that's not always easy because everybody knows the players you want. Can you afford them? That's important, you know, as well. We don't know who would make us better. But unfortunately, as I've said many times, even in the lowland leagues down in England, they pay a hell of a lot more than Premier League clubs play up here. So you're not going to get players you think, oh, why don't we get him or why don't we get this one? It's not as easy to recruit. And the managers know the players they want. Everybody knows the players, the good players that's out there. But they're financially, financially feasible to get. That's not always the case. I also think a club like Aberdeen are always under pressure that they'll lose one or two of their best players yeah. come the end of the season. And I don't think this season will be any different. Mm -hmm. You know, I think likes of Lewis Ferguson, for example, was a player that was linked heavily in the transfer windows. Watford last um, summer, remember? Yep. Yep. So you you almost feel it's inevitable that at some point he will move on. Is that his fourth season now at Aberdeen? So um, you have that rebuilding job the same way Derek McInnes would have had it every time his best players were cherry-picked come the end of the season um, that he was then forced to replace and still deliver that consistency in terms of league position, cup semi-finals, cup final, whatever it was, the demand in an Aberdeen manager, um, it's no different for Jim Goodwin. And I think with the last number of years, the way it's been, I think only that pressure intensifies now. And I see the cost of the ground, you know, the new mm -hmm. development was going to be 45 million. It's up to over 70 million now. Dave Cormack's been speaking about it this afternoon, just saying the prices, the way things have gone up after COVID, Brexit, everything, there's a huge jump. So I don't know what's going to happen with the project, but Jim Goodwin, everyone knows he's such a, a wonderful manager. But he needs time, and he'll get the time, surely. He has to, he's not at a transfer window. You would think so, yeah. Um, but Peter Wright is different, that expectation mm -hmm. when it changes. Know. You know, to go from a part that he was at Alloa, part-time, yeah. St yeah. Mirren, maybe you're always punching above your weight. Aberdeen are never really going to be seen as punching no, above no. their weight unless they go and split Rangers and Celtic, yeah. which yeah. would be an astronomical task to do with the budget and resources that they have in comparison to those two teams. Other than that, you're expected to be there and stay there regardless of yeah. what that looks like. So... It's who's, a huge job. Quick question, who's the third force in Scottish football for you? I don't mean league, league position just now. It's the old firm and then it's at Hearts, it's at Aberdeen. I think it's Aberdeen if I'm being mm -hmm. honest. And Peter, I think that yeah. Jim, when he took that job, would have felt that it was the third biggest job in mm -hmm. Scottish football. I agree. I've always said it's been the two Glasgow teams, the two Edinburgh teams, Aberdeen. Yep. Mm -hmm. You know, then, that's, then, then it's the rest. That's what I've always said it's been. And as you know, Paul, Dundee United, Dundee, all these mm -hmm. teams were really strong when I was playing. Dundee United going to semi-finals in European Cups and Aberdeen winning it you know so it wasn't you. every time you turned up you knew we were in a proper game you know going to Tannadice and whatever I just think now the gulf financially is so big and the Covid yet again we talk about that the finance that people lost during that mm -hmm. and the amount of money it's to cost you to come out as you're talking about it's nearly doubling the prices of everything and that's in modern day life never mind football um, Hearts are in a, a really strong sure. position though aren't they but they, do, but they do go to the league yeah. are they the third biggest then Peter we're going to go to the news at this moment in time you've got to say they are because they're third the that's new, all the reason the news is next and then we're back with Peter Grant and Leanne Crichton coming up in a moment the Go Radio Football Show with MacklinMotors.com representing some of the biggest motoring manufacturers across Scotland let's go 
there's a new name for Toyota in Glasgow. From one of the UK's biggest names in motor retail. Macklin Motors Toyota is now open in Darnley. We're bringing you everything Toyota, backed by first-class service. So come and meet the team and view the stunning new Toyota range. All available with up to 10-year warranty. Including the all-new Igo Cross and new Yaris Cross compact SUV. See our great choice of approved used Toyotas too. Get expert servicing from our manufacturer-trained technicians. And specialist advice from our Motability team. Visit Macklin Motors Toyota now at Kennishead Road, Darnley. The new name for Toyota in Glasgow. Just days away from, well, which one will we talk about? RB Leipzig against Rangers, the Europa League semi-final, or Celtic against Rangers, the ultimate judgment day, Sunday, 12 noon. High noon, Peter Grant, how much are you looking forward to it? I'm looking forward to it, you know, obviously a disappointment in the semi-final, but that's, as the manager spoke about, you've got to put that to bed. You're looking forward to another one which could clinch a league for you. Leanne, he and Barry, they patched me last week when I said, <laughs> do you not think Rangers went into that game needing it more, wanting it more? It was a cut. And they said, no, it doesn't make any difference whatsoever. Would you buy that, that you felt that was Rangers' cup final and maybe yeah. that gave them an edge? Yeah, no, I think so. I think so. They need, they definitely needed it more. I don't think you can go into that type of game knowing that for one team, the treble would be on and for other, you could end up without a domestic trophy you know, based in league position. So it was huge. I know the guys all know the old firm better She's feeling than, sorry for you. than I do. She's feeling sorry for you. <laughs> um, that type of atmosphere. But I think it could have also went the other way that Rangers could have felt sorry for themselves, could have felt that their backs were against the wall. They had played 120 minutes that they would have sat in and tried to soak up the pressure. It, it wasn't like that at all. I, I thoroughly enjoyed the game. I thought both sides played it out in a, a good manner. Um, it could have went either way. I think for it to go to extra time the way it did, it was credit to, again, both sets of players. The quality was still there throughout. I thought it was impressive that Rangers actually looked the fitter of the two sides mm. um, with the Celtic players that pulled up with cramp and whatnot. Um, but that's the old fun for you. you know. And, and Rangers got the result and I think it, it has maybe turned their season and, and how it could play out because it, if you lose that game, how do you respond? And I know that this Europa League run is excellent, but I think domestically in Scotland it's just as important whether that's a league or the Scottish Cup. Um, and old firm matches define your season regardless of the outcome of the overall. If you're in the, the receiving end of a bad result, that sticks oh, with you, doesn't it? So to then try and carry on now, Rangers look as if they've got a bit of a spring in their step regardless of what will be thrown at them. Here's Ange Postacoglu's take on what happened last week and the way they bounced back. Did they need to bounce back? Yeah, we've never lost the momentum. I mean, you know, we lost a, a, a cup semi-final in extra time. Um, you know, momentum uh, you know we, we've been very good for a very long time that's why we sit where we sit you know from my perspective it wasn't about a reaction from last week we, we were disappointed but um, it didn't really affect anything that happened in the league and uh, what's important for us is that we continue our good form he will be so pleased the Celtic fans listening in will be so pleased that the way they played yesterday at Dingwall which is one of the more difficult grounds to go to absolutely the big thing is and Ange knows how hot it must have been after the game last week doesn't matter you know, how well you've done previous weeks or how far you're in front. When you lose against Rangers, that hurts for many, many days or to the next time you play them. Treble, treble no more. Right, but it hurts you so much. But forget even the treble, just yeah. even losing them in a game. You know, it doesn't matter. You know, you can be out of everything. Yeah. You're still playing each other. You want to beat them. And there's no better feeling. And it sits with you for a long time. And it sits with you. I mean, we were, as I said to you before, we were always consciously celebrating when you beat them mm. because you knew there was another game around the corner in a couple of weeks' time. Mm. You know, and it could come back to hit you. And it happened, a lot of suffering, as I said to you prior, a lot of suffering during my time, so I know what it was like. And as I said, there's no hiding place from it. 
made him in Horton last week and they put a big performance yesterday. Man, you'll be delighted with the performance yesterday because it was a tough, tough game they were going into. And when you're getting closer, the games always seem to be tougher no matter who you're playing. You know, they always seem to be tougher because especially if you're only one in front, if you're two and three in front, of course, you know, your quality's always going to tell. But when it's only one goal in it, knowing a slip up with a set play or anything could cost you daily. And he mentioned the fact the long throws, free kicks, corners, yeah. all these sort of things. And it's something that Celtic have not dealt if they have a weakness, that's the thing they've not dealt with fantastically well. Is your old team within touching distance now of the 11th title in 10 years? Yes, 100%. I, I, there's no doubt of that because I, I think the thing they've done really well, they've put the other teams to bed. And I've always said that Celtic Rangers games look after themselves. It's what you do in the other games. You know, going to Ross County when they've done really well and get a big lifty, getting into the mm -hmm. top six. Motherwell getting that last bit to come back in and Rangers going and winning, putting pressure on Celtic the day prior. You know, that sometimes puts a wee bit of edge on it. But they went and done it and handled it exceptionally well. Barry's getting a few days off uh, this week, well earned. But you know, that's what he said for two months on this. He thinks both teams would win all their games apart from against each other. And it's kind of panning out that way. Yeah, it looks that way. And I don't I don't see it really changing, mm -hmm. if I'm being honest. Um, Celtic's form has been unbelievable. I think Rangers have, have kicked on in recent mm -hmm. weeks. Um They've been really impressive though and I think that probably shows you the strength of both sides that it maybe has come down to a couple of draws here and there I think in the old firms you know whereas the last couple of seasons it hasn't been like that the, the golfing points has been astronomical both ways Celtic um, before to make it nine in a row and then Rangers last year to stop ten so um, it's credit to both sides that they've produced the quality that they have but ultimately you want a league title at the, at the end of the day uh, and only one team will have that and Celtic do look like they're a stone's throw from it Rangers kicked off the weekend. Well, after Kelly won on Friday night, we spoke about that. So Rangers won up against Motherwell, then Leon Balligan sent off, then it becomes 1-1. And they felt, or did they, what did the manager think about it could have been 10 versus 10? Obviously, there were two tackles, you know, both with I think both with the intention to win the ball. You know, in, in this, uh, the margin is really, really close in those tackles. And, uh, you know, we just have to accept uh, the red card we, uh, we had. And, uh, you know, we couldn't do anything about it. Uh, and it's a decision of the ref and uh, we had to go on so I concentrated more on, 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 on how to play eventually it gave us the, the win Leanne, some people are confused now about what constitutes a red card um, what did you feel? I felt when I looked at Leon Balligan initially it looked, it looked really bad when you slow it down and you freeze any sort of pictures it probably looks worse um, I don't think he needed to go in with the same intent that he did. I think he could have still won the ball comfortably and even left a bit on the player if that was what he, he wanted to do. But he loses control and I think that's the, the biggest bit for me. It could have been a horrible injury for Dean Cornelius. Um, if his foot's completely planted and he catches him above the ankle, it could have been a clean break. So it, it was reckless and it was out of control and he was endangering in, in his opponent. Mm -hmm. For me, that's a red card. Um, and for Motherwell Ojala straight Ojala, after yeah. it again with the speed that he arrives I think if a red card had been flashed off the back of the, the previous red card again I think in the heat of the moment everybody went you know fair shout it's consistent I think what's helped Ojala is that Scott Wright has taken his touch in the pitch and he's rode the challenge so I think he almost spins out of it as he gets caught and, and Peter will know what that is like as a player at times you know the challenge is coming yeah. and, and at times you can <laughs> leave you, you can leave yourself in there to take it or you can anticipate it and get out of it and I think Scott Wright manages to get himself out of it the scissor motion I think could have been a red 
for a jala the way mm. the left foot comes through. I don't think he needed to come through like that. But at the same time, he does come out the other side with the ball and it probably could justify a yellow card. VAR next season might look at both of them again at a number of times before they make the decision. They might come to the same decision. Well, or if not. you're down in England, he's off. If they've got VAR, is he? No question. No, he's yeah. off for that yeah. this season. Go with what I've seen. Yeah. I'm not saying yesterday I thought mm, just after it, you could get a red card, nobody had any complaints. But if you've got VAR down, the same as we talked about VAR last week, if that's here this time, he's off the pitch because mm-hmm. they'd be saying there was an intent there. Even though he's won the ball, they'd be saying, <clears> oh, he's got intent. He's off the ground. He's this. He's that. So he went. And the big thing for me is, and people have not spoke about, it, is the fact he did put Bassey on. Mm-hmm. He'd been wanting yeah. Bassey's energy, well, you know, to save as much energy as he possibly could, because yep. he's done exceptionally well for them. Mm-hmm. You and know? Diallo lost time, you know. Yeah, and the energy, the energy that Bassey plays with, whether he plays at left back or whatever, that'd have been a blow for him putting him on as early as that, and thinking, well, I could get a rest in him because mm-hmm. Leipzig are a very quick side, right. you know, and he's got the power and the legs to do that. And if he's going to attack and be a Rangers attacker, because that's predominantly your fullbacks are becoming that, mm. if he's going to do that for you from there and not play him at centre half, which he's done in European games. So I think that was probably the biggest blow that came from him with Balogun's order and all. There's no worse feeling though when you're that player that thinks you're being rested that day, Peter, <laughs> is it? And your, your mate stitches you up as early on in the game Absolutely. and you're, you've not even considered putting your shin guards on, you've not even got your socks rolled up. Well, you can see you're probably the considering prior, a Haribo on the bench at this point and before you know you, you're on the pitch thrust into that type of game. So, um, no, you're right. I think you would have liked to have been able to rest Bassey, um, reserve some of those energy levels that he, he certainly produced. I think he's been outstanding, actually, the way that he's... Um, seamlessly moved yeah. for f- full-back into centre-back at times. I think he's been a real strong performer. Uh, in losing Balogun, I think, you know, domestically for the weekend is, is a huge loss for Rangers as well. Yeah, absolutely. And they're the wee things that you, people don't talk about, you know. They say it's a stupid tackle, you know, losing their points, you know, losing mm-hmm. their, that player for that particular game or I could have done with wrestling him. They're so, so important. And that's the fine margins that can cost you dearly. Mm-hmm. You know, getting the game moved into the Saturday gives them a couple of extra hours, obviously, eh, for the game. And then all of a sudden, you've got a player you think you're resting. All of a sudden, he's not yeah. getting that rest you're wanting. So for me, that even the biggest thing in Geo. And that's why I think he speaks fantastically well. He's not criticised Mullerwell. He said, well, I was more interested in the team organised. And great mm-hmm. credit to him because it's easy for him to say, no, it's a definite red card. And you're probably right, over the last few years, probably that's what he'd been fighting about, mm-hmm. saying, yeah, it should yep. be a red and this one should be put off. But I think both managers have handled situations that fell upon them that way very, very well. Even Diallo as well. He has to wait that length of time to, to get an opportunity. He came gutted. in with great hopes, yeah. you know, that he, he was this million-pound player, doesn't really hit the ground running back out the team then you get your chance to go and start the manager trusts you that's what we've done we've made eight changes and you get and then before you know it, you're hooked and sacrificed because of one teammate that makes that kind of reckless choice but so. also lets you know it's no easy playing in Scotland mm-hmm. sure. that weekend yep. proved it was it 40 million or something they were talking about at one yep. stage and people think oh it's Scotland's he easy so well, didn't it's easy Scotland's yep. easy to play you know or whatever go up there and play playing for these two clubs it's the pressure that comes with it then you'll see if they can handle it, whether they can be a big player. And that's a disappointment for him. Everything that seems to go wrong for him at this moment in time has went wrong for me because he had a big chance, if you remember, early in the game and it was cleared off the line. And then all yep. of a sudden he's hooked because he's somebody else's misdemeanor. You know, and nearly things control. Control. Yeah, yep. exactly. And he's not played well enough in other games to be starting. So it shows you it's not easy to play up here under the pressure that you're playing under. And Gio can't wait on him. He's got to perform. The manager spoke about Scott Wright and Fashion Sakala after the 3-1 win. Very useful. I mean, they both have their qualities. They're quick, uh, they're fast with the ball. Also, their off-the-ball movements are, are good. And especially today, they had a 
slightly a different role where against uh, when we were 10 men, but uh, they did really well. They caused a lot of danger, and um, you know, happy for for, for Scotty scored twice, and uh, of course the captain never almost never fails on the spot. So RB Leipzig on Thursday. What are you thinking, Leanne? It's going to be tough for Rangers. Um, a narrow defeat, a draw would be tremendous, wouldn't it? And of stating the obvious, a win. Yeah, I mean, think? I think it's going to be tougher for them. I think just losing Morelis, not having Roof available, two big players, um, gives you that focal point of the team. But I take on board what Peter's saying about what that game might look like and the pace off the sides and, and how you can tweak the system with the personnel that you've got available. Rangers won't fear Leipzig on Thursday night. I think they'll embrace the challenge. Um, you know, I questioned it in the last round would going away from home and, and then coming back, does that benefit you? Would you rather it the other way about? I think if Rangers can go then and keep it tight, whatever that scoreline looks like to then come back to Ibrox for the return leg will be unbelievable to still be in the game because I think you've got to be realistic. Leipzig are fourth in the Bundesliga, they're not too far off of Dortmund, um, but they've already you know, disposed of, of Dortmund as well. So there'll be nothing about it that will fear them other than the status of the club. Um, but it comes down to 11 v 11 on the night and, and that type of game, pressure comes into it. The pressure on Leipzig because I think they'll be the favourites, the clear favourites. Um, it's over to Rangers now, but I, th I think that they, I've got a sneaky feeling they could do it. They could definitely come back with a result on Thursday. The necessity is that. Yep. I mean, we said that last, we've said that every round I've been in. As you go away from home, you've got to stay in the tie. You know, tactically, I think the manager's got to get it right. And I think he's got players, as I spoke about earlier on, that can adjust it. You know, I think you can play Arfield who could play like a number nine. People say false number nine. I think he could play as a number nine because he's got good movement. He likes to run forward. He's good at making wee angles to receive it. Sakala's not like that. Scott Wright's not like that. And that's why I'd say, well, you could play the likes of Arfield through the middle and you could play one of them off the side and say, well, as soon as the fullback goes, tactically we're going in there, we don't need to go off Scotty, you know, in here. And I think that's going to be the big thing, and that's the thing that can maybe play away from home, because Leipzig are going to come at you. Their fullback is the young boy who used to be at Manchester City, who likes to bomb forward all the time. So there's going to be big spaces there. And to be fair to Wright and Sakala, both of them can shift. And Kent. Absolutely, yep. you know. And that's why I wouldn't play Kent through there, because he's better running at you. His best game I've seen him playing for Rangers was against Dortmund away from home. Both ways, with, with and without the ball, he worked so hard to get and back in. I think in. off the sides, it's that defensive. Absolutely, absolutely. But he worked so hard, mm -hmm. but it also gives you the extra midfield player. Mm. With Scott Arfield playing ahead of it, and with Sakala at a right on the, the right or the left hand side with that bit of pace, you know, where you could just get the ball, and Arfield's got that in his locker that he can see wee passes round the corner, you know, he can drop into wee holes to receive possession and drag centre halves in with him, so it gives you a bigger space mm -hmm. for centre forwards to run. Leanne, what are you thinking on that suggestion about Scott Arfield? 100% agree yeah, I think he, he's the only midfielder maybe other than Ramsey now that's come in that gives you that run beyond you've seen that when he came on against Celtic what he adds it's different to the rest and that's probably why it's, it's hindered them at times under Van Bronckhorst because it's almost been very you know like for like um, but he's technically very good he reads the game really well I think him and Steve Davis you know they've got an understanding there as well they've been about the game they know what it's like and I think you need that game intelligence and I don't think and it's not been disrespectful to a Scott Wright or a Fashion Sakala but they don't have that same game intelligence knowing how to make other people better around you they're players that go and play and express themselves in it. I think at games of that magnitude, you sometimes need that player that can maybe sacrifice being that guy that's going to run the game, but just knowing how to link it in those intelligent moments. Also, he's got the defensive side of his game. He's a natural midfielder. He would know the moments and recognise the moments he has to work back the way. Um, but for me, I think Arfield's got to start 
You know, that's uh, an absolute sale. That gives you four central midfield players, really. Yeah. Because you can play Sakala for top eight wide right, you could play Kent sort of wide left, you could mm. play Scott Arfield just off it, but it still yeah. gives you three central midfield players. Mm. And let's be honest, you'll need that because these teams are very good in possession of the ball. So you need to cut the spaces they can play in. And as you say, Scott's intelligent, they can drop on you. He'll not stand up against the centre uh, centre backs. He'll drop into an area, picking up their deepest midfield player. And these are wee things you'll need in their particular games. And he's got the intelligence to do that. And we'll be on here Thursday night with Rangers 7 till 10. So it's a late edition of the programme. Looking forward to that. Uh, a few people on the socials, Leanne asking about Motherwell and Peter as well. Uh, they're an enigma, aren't they? The last minute, they you know, they made it into the top six, which is great. OK, they're maybe not expecting to beat Rangers. The record at home hasn't been good. What do you feel about Motherwell? Uh, there's so many of those teams, you know, from fourth position to 10th that are it's hard to fathom where they're going to end up Yeah, they're all very similar I mm. think those teams or seasons have, have played out um, many of them could have made it into the top 6 I think if they'd just put a run of games together yeah. and, and picked up you know points here and there maybe turned a few draws into wins um, it could have been different but I think over the course the table doesn't lie I think Motherwell have produced mm. enough results and produced enough points that they're top 6 so uh, are they completely happy with the results? I don't think so. I think Graham expects a lot more from the players and the group of players that he's got. Um, at times, they they look a really good side. And then there's other performances you've maybe come away going, I didn't expect that from them today. And, and I've been at a number of games at Fir Park this season where I've been really impressed. Aberdeen in the Cup, I thought they were excellent. Um, and when they play and they perform, they're a really good side. Um, they are top six. They'll be disappointed. I know they will. Um, being in and around the club and, and the occasions that I spoke to Graham uh, this year, you know, he's maybe time scratching his head and going, "We just need this result." And, but they've never been too far away from it, you know, and they've never been really out of games. Um, sometimes, as a manager and Peter will tell you, you just need to, you know, you put your hands up and go. You know, it wasn't your day, and absolutely. And I think there's you're no right. real standout reason for it. I think you're right. I think there's been seven teams playing against each other this year. Mm -hmm. You know, I think Hearts have been on their own, mm -hmm. really. You sure, know, in the third place, yep. Celtic Rangers, obviously mm -hmm. that battle there. The other seven, have, there's been a piece of paper between every mm -hmm. single yeah. one of them because I've seen them all now uh, since I've been out of work. Unfortunately, <laughs> you get to see a lot more football, yep. and I went and watched a lot of the Premier games. And I've very much noticed that you'll turn up one week, you'll see a really good performance, you're expecting the same the next week and you'll be really disappointed. So in who's it. going to be fourth, do you think, Peter? So the table, as you know, Celtic on 85, Rangers 79, Hearts 60. Then it's Dundee United on 41, uh, Ross County on 40, Motherwell on 40, and then we've got Hibs, um, you know, the bottom six. Who is it going to be, do you think? Dundee United or Ross County? I think, I think Ross County. Yeah, yeah. but the momentum... Yeah, I yep. just think the way Malky's got his team playing, they know what they're doing. If they can keep clear of injuries because mm -hmm. they've not got a big squad, you know all your players are available. I think they've got a different mix for the rest of them. Yep. You know, they've got, as I said, they've got a top goal scorer now <laughs> in the league, yep. you know. Going to take a quick break. We'll come to you, Leanne, who's going to come third. Putting you in a difficult position here. It's going to be going to come fourth. Of course it is. The Motherwell lady, she's back next. The Go Radio Football Show with MacklinMotors.com Representing some of the biggest motoring manufacturers across Scotland. Let's go! So, the big fight at the weekend, Tyson Fury winning, not unexpected, was it, in the last moments of the sixth round? Don't know if you saw it. I hear it wasn't amazing, but uh, the ring walk was a bit special. Oh, Peter, you did see oh, it. Yeah. Walk, the ring walk was magic. Yeah. I, thought it, I thought it was the end of the fight. <laughs> it was long enough, I hear, yeah. Oh, unbelievable, you know, but it was brilliant, you know. But listen, he's proven once again what a fighter, you know. Unbelievable. So, it's great to see, you know. That's, listen, Do you think he's really retiring? 
Well, no. Unless he gets 100 million for the next fight, that's what they're talking about for the next fight for him giving him 100 million. So I think that would yeah. make anybody not retire. He'll be back, won't he? <laughs> yeah. He might retire, but I think he'll definitely <laughs> <Yeah>. be back. <laughs> and he might uh, add a few other <laughs> pound signs on it, I think, if he retires and then comes back. In the first hour of the programme, Peter Grant, do you realise that you said that Saul Campbell, I know you mentioned that he kind of walked off that day and, and that was him finished then uh, with yeah. Arsenal. So were you responsible for that? No, no, their players were, they played very well. Yeah. But he couldn't handle it. And yeah. I remember walking off in the, the game and it was yeah. weird. And then Saul disappeared for a long time. Yeah, it was a, and I know it's a big thing now about mental health and whatever, you know, but we'd played really well. But as I said to you, we could have put 10 in the middle of the pitch, mm -hmm. but it was just tactical. We had to do it with a better pace. And that's why it came into my mind when I was watching the games at the weekend and how Rangers could maybe adjust. And it was something that gave me an idea about what we'd done. You remember that? Game well that night. I remember it was before your time. No, yeah, I don't maybe remember. no. no, no. no I did. It was a you huge. Baby. Yeah. I know, of course. <laughs> what year was that? Yeah. Well, I, I, don't, I don't know. Sorry, I was just going to rub it. I, in never, I, never, I, never, I was actually in comparison. I, I, no, to no, you no, it's okay. Well, the other day there, somebody said to me it was thirty-eight years since I made my debut, and I'm thirty-eight years. Really? Last yeah. week, the twenty-first of April, and I was like, somebody oh, sent oh, me a text. What? Thirty-eight year ago. We were covering. I remember being a young kid, sorry, and taking to Peter Grant's testimonial. I hear what she said they're taken Take it. Ah, yeah. I didn't even want to go but I was taken well, I, I couldn't drive <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I think it was later than 7 o'clock at night so the street lights were on and I think I was due to be home it was a big night um, yeah wasn't it yeah Fantastic. it was a great night great memories Bayern Munich yeah. brilliant great players and great memories Ryan, St Johnson fan, he's got great memories Ryan you'll be talking about 2021 for a while such a long time won't you yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's only, it's only good thing. It's only good thing nowadays. Uh, well, but it's getting a bit better, isn't it? Although, yep, uh, Sean Rooney kept you in it there, and uh, the, the you know the other day, not kept you in it, but my goodness, what are you thinking then for St Johnson? You're going to be, are you going to climb out of the, of the bottom too? Well, I've got, got to keep the safe, you know. It's, yeah. it's what football's all about. It's twists and turns. We've been down there. The whole season, so if we can get out of that, it'll be a it'll be a great great escape, as they say. So I'll be I'll be ecstatic about that. Ryan, I watched the Kelty game in the cup, and uh -huh. I thought I thought they'd done really well in the game. I thought Kelty battled away well. They had a lot of chances, and the ones that never went in, the keeper had a couple of great saves. You hit the bar, I think, if and hit the post, and then all of a sudden Kelty win the game. You know, the season prior. They were the ones that was all going in for you, eh? and that's what happens in football, unfortunately. You know, and that's why I was saying the manager's not done anything different. He's probably working harder because he wants the team to be more successful, and it's very, very difficult for a provincial club like St. John's, no disrespect, to win two trophies in the one season in their history. That would be lucky that ever happens in their lifetime again. You know, so he deserves great credit for that. The players never performed to the standard they had, and plus the little bit of luck, which people forget, yeah. is always important. And I think they've got more than enough to stay in it now. Yeah, and what about Big Sean Rooney? He's massive for the club, isn't he? You, you could see that. Um, the goal was was huge at the weekend, but he, he's he's a talisman for them. You know, he's a threat in the box, both ends defensively. It, you know, he defends the box well. Going the other way, he's a threat, he puts teams under pressure, he's got that aggressive nature, he's dominant. You could see what it meant to him as well, the goal, I think he, he gets it, he knows what it's about. And in these types of moments in the running towards the end of the season, you need your big players and that's exactly what Sean Rooney's been for St Johnson well, over well, the last number of seasons. I knew the game with me when they lost 7-0, and I said at the time, they didn't do a lot wrong. Mm -hmm, no. And I, I said that to you, I said that I think the first two goals, they were sloppy on, but they didn't do all. Celtic were excellent mm -hmm. and big players were excellent. 
St Johnson, you could say they were working really hard for the manager. They tried to do what the manager had asked them. Their shape was good. You know, Sean, I didn't think performed well. Is the system suits Sean because when he's a right back, mm -hmm. he's probably not a great defender. No. And so the, the wing back role suits him fantastically well. When he plays it well, they're a very, very difficult team to play against. Ryan, do you agree? Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Um, Sean Rooney's obviously had uh, quite a, well, not a terrible season, but he's uh, unlucky, yeah. unfortunately, with injury. Um, he's, he's just getting back, back finding his feet now. Uh, great leap, great header, that's what he's good at. Yeah. At the weekend, and as you were saying, the, the passion, yeah, I was, I was ecstatic and I was, I was, I was tough for him. So what do you want to ask Peter and Leanne? Anything, you, do you want to pick their brains on anything? Who do you think will win the, the title? <laughs> oh, it always comes back to well, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. well I must admit Celtic I think it's, it's over the, they're over the line I would say they're over the line because of the situation they're sitting in I don't see them losing against anyone else you know so that's the biggest one the Celtic Rangers games always look after themselves as I say I very very rarely will ever try and predict them but the other games I just don't see Celtic losing against anyone else Leanne the next two weekends is huge isn't it I thought for Celtic um Ross County was a big one. I thought Rangers and Motherwell was a big one because I don't think either of them could have afforded to drop points going into the old firm. Um, for, more so for Rangers. Um, I think if Rangers were to go and win at Celtic Park, which I think is it's a huge ask based on Celtic's home form, especially in the way they've um, performed in recent old firms, albeit the, the semi-final, then Celtic are at home to Hearts, I think, in the next game. So if Rangers were to go and get a result and then play against Hearts, who we know are a side that are in form, the third best team in the league just now, maybe that comes with a bit of pressure. Um, but there's many if, buts and maybes. But I think for Celtic, it's theirs to throw away. And if they threw it away at this stage, it would be catastrophic because they're in such a strong position. And do you think Ange Postacoglu's Celtic will throw it away? I don't see it. No. I don't see it because the form has been... That was some answer she gave there. That was about <laughs> 10 minutes. Here. The form has been so good, though. I was just adding a wee bit of spice into it, Peter. Just a wee bit of background. Don't worry. Don't worry. worry. It wasn't as long as his. I know. Says the ex-Celtic man. <laughs> Ryan, what do you, Ryan, what do you feel? What's your take? Um, well, um, I think Celtic have been really impressive. Um, Jotters uh, watched the game yesterday. It was impressive. Um, watched the Rangers game as well. James Tavernier was impressive. Mm. Um, I'm just wondering if, if Celtic were to throw it away, would that be a, a failed season for Ange Postacoglu, even though he's, he's bagged himself mm -hmm. the League Cup? I think he would, certainly would feel it would be. Leanne, what would you think if it was to be? No, I don't think so, no. because I think it, it would be even more impressive if he delivered the title based on what he walked into. I think the turnaround at the club's been mm. incredible. What he's managed to do, I think... What it's maybe shown is that if you're a manager going in with a blank canvas, which is effectively what it was, is actually played into his hands. Yeah. So we've maybe spoke about Stephen Robinson earlier on in the, the programme where he goes in and he's got a group of players that are there and they're not his, but he has to keep a steady ship. That's quite a, a tough ass. That's, yeah. that's been shown. Ange Postacoglu's in with that blank canvas. He's come down to recruitment and he's absolutely nailed it. So this far, he's nailed it. They're in a comfortable position in the league. They're a stone's throw away, as I say, from winning it. But if he didn't win it, there was no expectation for mm. him to win it. Great point. You know, so as much yeah. as it will look like, and Celtic fans won't accept it because they're in such a strong position, mm. and in Scottish football and in the Goldfish Bowl of the West of Scotland, mm. it won't be accepted. But if you realistically put a neutral hat on and think, should he be winning the title this year? I don't think many would have said that. It, I think that's a great would. perspective from you.
Peter, I know you don't think it'll happen, but would you answer that? What would you say if Celtic were to come up, runners-up, in the title race? Catastrophic. Mm. Because really of the expectations. Yeah, where they are now. The, yeah, where the are job that has now, been done. Forget sure. The job he's done is magnificent. Four games to go, six points. It's really if you seven. said, right, we're starting yeah. now, the league starts now, so but you've got, but this game starts on Sunday, so that's your league form. Is it four games left? Four. So you've got four game title to win the title in the position you're in now, with the points and the goal difference you're in front, it becomes catastrophic. The manager's been magnificent, deserves all the plaudits he, he deserves, and Leanne's right about the... The recruitment of players. It's the first time that a manager went out and said, I'm picking the players, I'm picking this one, that one, because let's not be kidded. They've not been scouted. The manager's seen them playing. He knew what Celtic fans expect. He knows what Celtic players are expected to do. And he knew the types of players he wanted to play with that high energy. So he went and get these guys in who he knew. So it wasn't somebody else putting them in there and saying, right, this is what you've got to deal with. He's taken that responsibility. And the players have all come up trumps. Big players for him, Rogic, for me, He's played him 90 minutes. He's, he's not one of these guys that's taking him off after 60 minutes. He's, he's resurrected his... Uh, but he's massive. Yeah. He has to play mm -hmm. 90 minutes. He, he has to get to a stage where he's got to be playing. He's a football player. He's, a, he's an athlete. He has to be... You can't be taking match winners off, you know, in games. And that's what he's managed to do is keep him on the pitch and that demand that's from him. But for me, it would be, still be catastrophic if you don't win the league. And Ryan, can we ask you, how do you think Rangers will do against RB Leipzig? We know you love your football and... Uh, yeah. It would be magnificent, wouldn't it, if Rangers could go all the way to Seville. What do you reckon on Thursday night against RB? Um, just got to keep going in the way they, they, they do. When they're always underdogs, and they seem to, they seem to go that one extra and do and do better. Um, I'm no surprised um, that they're, they're going this far. Um, if you look at previous seasons, they've got to. I think it was the last sixteen in the quarters, <laughs> and now they're, and now they're, they're taking that a wee bit extra now which is credit to Rangers and, and their club and the players they, they've just got to have the belief what, what Saints did to get two cups they're, they're, they're almost there they've just got to just get that through that edge who knows and back to your own team huge game this mm -hmm. weekend the Battle of the Saints St Johnson St Mirren are you going to win? yep uh, well I hope so yeah. I, I've, I've got to be confident I mean they've got to they've got to treat this as a cup final because yep. if we win if I remember right, we'll be down to uh, two, points. two points. Two points yeah. behind uh, St Mirren, and then you have to see what happens with Aberdeen. Two points with three games to go. Three to go, yeah. Uh, Leanne, what do you, you watch so many of the games. We see you on the telly so much. What, what's your thinking? Is it a home game it, this weekend? It is, yeah. yeah. St Johnson at Perth. Yeah. Yep. yeah, no, I think listen, I think St Johnson have certainly get the beating of mm. St Mirren. Um, I think that goal at the weekend will have rallied them mm. massively. I think they'll have taken a lot from that. Um, there's definitely a bit of fight left in them. I don't think there's much between the sides, really. Um, Dundee are certainly adrift. But other than that, I think all those teams can take points from each other. It just it depends who performs and delivers on the day. that You've got cup finals between now and the end of the season. But I think St Mirren find themselves in that vulnerable position where they're almost in free fall just now. They lost their most and important that, player, didn't they, to Wigan? Yeah. They lost him. They lost their manager. Yeah. You know, Ryan's talking about they've got big players coming back. Mm -hmm. All these things help you, you know, getting so into a massive... Think, Peter? I think St John's will beat them. Yeah, they're going to win this weekend. Yeah. The momentum with them. Yeah. And next season, Ryan, do you think you'll still be in the Premiership and you'll be up against Kilmarnock, the team coming up? We think, obviously, there'll be and additions there, new additions coming. How do you feel about Kilmarnock, though, being in the top flight where they normally are? 
Oh no, plastic pitches. I know. We're we're with you. I agree. Surely, I mean, I know it's great for the community and all the rest of it, but there should mm. be a demand. If you're in the top league, you should have. I mean, look at Motherwell at the weekend. The pitch looks good, doesn't it? I'm looking at Leanne. Yeah, yeah no, the pitch is looking yeah. good. But if you speak to the groundsmen, they tell you a different story. Oh, but we we yep. played on it as well. The women's team were on it last weekend, and yep. um, that was excellent. I know they're, they're ripping the pitch up in mm. the summer, and they're laying okay. a new mm. hybrid pitch, which I think will make a huge difference. Hybrid, but yep. everybody loves playing in grass. Yep. Um, Doesn't matter. Good, sorry. Yeah, no the pitch. And credit to the ground staff as well until this point of the season because the weather's been atrocious. Mm. You know, but some mm. of the pitches have kind of rallied as the season's gone on. I think that winter period there was a few that were certainly touch and go. Look out the window. Glorious. <laughs> Glorious. <laughs> no, I know. It's going to be uh, some end to the season. Final word from you then, Ryan. Are you going to stay up? Yes. Yes. I'm, I'm, I'm confident. But if, we, if, if, if not, then it'll be a get hopefully... It'll be against our broth, which will be tricky. Um, mm. I like our broth. I, I, I was I watched the game on Friday, and I was just, you know what, I was gutted for them um, because it remind it reminded me when St Johnson played uh, Hamilton in the last minute of the game against Gretna in the first division, and James Grady scored the and hang it. I was at New Douglas Park that day. Yeah. I waited on onto the pitch, and James Grady broke my heart. <laughs> and you still not got over it all those years later Ryan oh, oh no, dear honestly, that's the, why we love the game isn't it and, and the fans yeah. sticking with the manager Callum Davidson arguably the top manager in 2021 just pipped by Stephen Gerrard delivering a title for Rangers but the, the, he's got your full confidence yeah yeah he's he's, he's, he's re, he's re um, hanging my confidence I mean as I said mm. before on the, on the hangy when, yeah. when he got beat from Kelly mm-hmm. I was a bit that was my doubts were starting to keep in but yes. yeah, yeah I think I think nowadays clubs have got to back their managers there's, there's two I mean look at Sean Maloney for Hibs four months yeah. like, mm-hmm. what, what can you change in four months I know it's incredible isn't it they see they're saying Roy Keane is certainly they're, they're talking about him in social media I've not got a clue if he would be coming could you see that Leanne Roy Keane coming to Easter Road you couldn't write it off could you mm-hmm. there's a yep. few big names in, mm-hmm. in Scotland um, Malky Mackay I think he was linked with it as well was he not it would be a logical choice wouldn't he Peter what do you reckon I wouldn't like to let strong. the Ross County fans down but if you're looking at yeah. a manager who's been over the course before mm-hmm. You know, in England and in Scotland, and the job he's done by Ross County, he's done fantastically well. Uh, for me, if you're saying if it was between Roy Keane or Malcolm McKay, Malcolm McKay all day long for me. Mm-hmm. Would it be too soon for a Kevin Thompson? Perhaps? I never think it is too soon for anyone. No. I think you no. need to get in there. Mm-hmm. But they just listen to the way the chairman's speaking. Experience. That's why he's looking yeah. for experience. People talk about people don't use experience the right way. It depends what you want. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. what's experience? How, how can Sean not go and say he's mm-hmm. dealt with the best players in the world? And yeah, all of a no, sudden, right. he can't get in and handle Hibs players. Yep. That's not down to Sean Maloney. Look at people like Mourinho, one of the great managers. Mm-hmm. He went into Porto. He was he was untested, wasn't he? Absolutely. A, and he won uh, mm-hmm. the UEFA Cup. But yeah, and again, then moved on to win well, the. As I said to you, Barcelona, Dunfermline. There's an expectation for Dunfermline to be in the Premier League. Yep. You know, you draw you draw seven games and you lose four. I'm out the door because I didn't win a game. That's fine, no problem. I understand that 100%. I had great support from the, the chairman and the, the, the board and whatever. So I have no problem with that whatsoever. But I didn't win. So the bottom line is, if people are looking at the Hibs situation and saying, well, Sean didn't win, but they knew he was a young manager. Don't come in and say, well, because it was youth. Sure. After it, when I'm reading they the interviews, that. I thought he's... I thought his interview, the chairman's interview, was really poor, actually, talking about, because he think Sean was 50, 60, sure. you know? This was his experience was going to be. They knew the type of kid he was bringing in was somebody who was going to coach the team. You know, he lost Do- uh, Boyle, he lost Nisbet, you know? That's goals. And it, any manager will tell you, 
Graham Sooner said it yesterday. He can, he's seen really, really poor managers with good players win trophies. <laughs> you know, and then that's what happens, you know, because it's the players you've got on the pitch and the players available to you is going to make the difference to any football club. Ryan, thanks for calling. The Go Radio Football Show with MacklinMotors.com Representing some of the biggest motoring manufacturers across Scotland. Let's go! Aaron's been on the socials asking you, Peter, in the modern game, how many red cards would you be getting? Given that contact is not welcome. Seriously, Kieran's been on from Motherwell. You wouldn't, wouldn't be in the modern game. <laughs> I would tend to think. Listen, people always said you, I was this type of player, aggressive. I got three order offs in my career. One was for a second booking against Rangers, mm -hmm. charging the ball at a free kick stupidly because mm -hmm. the new rule had come in about breaking the wall. Accepted what, by the court. One was here, a second one. He was running across me and his knees hit yep. my knee and he fell. Second booking. And the hearts was rescinded. So that was my three bookings, uh, three sending offs. And the modern day game, yep. oh, I don't know. I, know I don't know. I'd just be incredible. Fifth But to, to be fair, I must, I must admit, I was good at nicking the ball. So I yeah. was good at intercepting. Fine. I never yeah. got a lot of tackles. People used to say you get yeah. a lot of tackles. No, I was more of an interceptor yeah. than a tackler. I had this same debate one night with, with yeah. Willie Miller. Honestly, we were at a Scotland game and he was going, well, players, when they get sent off in my day and all that... And, I pulled up a few videos on YouTube. I said, "Well, look at this stuff that people like players were getting away." But Wally was a referee. Like but Wally was a referee. That was a difference. Um, the game has changed considerably since then. He Absolutely. was he was a great player, wasn't he? And ah, uh, Alec McLeish at the back. I mean, what a, a Brilliant. double act they were, and for Scotland as well. Fantastic, you know. But it was like the, the most talk of the about time. types of players. Alec would go and win it, win yeah. it in the air, and Wally would be the sweeper. It wouldn't be you play left and I'll play right. Yeah. He would just cover him, you know. And, a fantastic, but they had a fantastic side, you know. They had a really, really good side. Really, they were two stalwarts, obviously, but they had fantastic players around about them also. On that, Peter, what bits, mm. just from when you played, what's a good thing that's maybe changed in, in the game since it's progressed? And what's the one thing that, that you wish still existed? Mm, good question. Well, it's a very good question. I don't think enough people play football. I don't think that's the biggest problem. Not even the, when I watch the games now, you're talking about players that come in and have not played a lot of game time. Mm -hmm. Everybody was always playing yeah. because we, we had, I think it was one or two subs, I can't remember, it, particular, not a goalkeeper on the bench or anything like that, mm -hmm. but the guys that weren't in the first team squad, say if there was a squad, was it maybe 18 players, say for mm -hmm. talking sake, they would have a reserve game on that particular day as well. Yeah. Yep. So if we were playing away at Ibrox, the reserves were playing at Celtic Park, yeah. you know? So everybody was always playing. Mm -hmm. And then everybody was playing during the week or whatever mm -hmm. so there was all, there was always games in their legs I think that's the thing yeah. I, I'm no, disappointed at now. That, yeah. a lot uh -huh. of the young boys now especially in the academies they get minutes on the pitch mm -hmm. you know and that's 10 off participation oh, isn't dear, it it's almost dear. just the we were playing I, I can honestly say every week when I was at school before I went to Celtic I was playing five games a week when I went to Celtic mm -hmm. I was playing the reserve I was playing with under 16s at the boys club mm -hmm. and I was playing the reserves mm -hmm. so you play with under 16s uh, probably on the Sunday mm -hmm. but I'd be playing the reserves on the Saturday for Celtic and that was the way it was. Mm -hmm. Who was in that team with you? Give us a couple of names in the, and the reserve team. When I went out at 16, Peter Latchford was in it. Indeed, the big goalkeeper. Mike the Conroy, predominantly. <laughs> Indeed. If, yeah. But these were good players. Yeah. But the, Peter was the second choice goalkeeper. But he wasn't on the bench with the first team. He was of course, uh, playing. Pat Bonner, of course, was. Exactly. Yeah. So he was playing. Leanne, there's not enough game time, is there, for the young men and women? No, there's uh, not. But I actually think the culture's changed with that, Paul, where actually now players are happy and content not playing football. Absolutely. 100%. And I, ca I cannot understand that. Too many players at the one club as well. It. Too many players at the big and there's, clubs. There's not enough players that want to, you know, that are on the bench and that, are, are, that quickly learn patience. Yeah. 
and they actually work out how to get themselves in the team. Mm. It's almost like it's on the manager. Why am I on the bench? Why am I not playing? Because you've not done enough. Well, the, the, one you know, thing the players was, in front of you are doing more. The, so. the one thing was, you've got to remember, I know people talk about finance and that, I would never, because the Lisbon Lions must have laughed seeing players like myself and that getting what they would consider decent money mm. at a particular time. Mm -hmm. But you look at it and you think to yourself, these boys, we were fighting every day to pay a bill in yeah. respect of that. Mm -hmm. So our training ground was so competitive, it was unbelievable because you wanted to play on the Saturday because the bonus was worth so much to you. Yeah. All these wee simple things, you know, your appearance money, all these wee things were so, you were desperate to play because mm -hmm. your wages got you after you didn't. Mm -hmm. So are the players paid too much in general? I, actually, I listen, I know most players aren't, they're not. And let's not even talk about, well, in England, in the top flight, mm -hmm. it's a massive amount of money. I mean, you do hear them now saying about, well, it might now be 400, 500,000 pounds a week. And a year ago, Harry Kane, they were saying 200, 200. Mm -hmm. So well, suddenly we're up, we've doubled it I was in, listening in a to year. Ray Parler there, and this shows you the difference. He was yeah. with Arsenal, and he spoke on there. He was very clear in what he said. He said in 21, was it? 2001, mm -hmm. he was on £20,000 uh, Arsenal. And then he said in Sunderland, offered them 40,000. Sunderland yeah. offered them to leave Arsenal to go to Sunderland for 40,000. It doesn't matter if you're playing with Celtic, there'll be nobody on that mm -hmm. money even still here at this moment in time. Yeah. You know? And that's what I'm saying. I, I, I'm, I'm never getting the argument players getting too much money because I'm sure, God rest Jimmy Johnson, that must have been laughing when we were getting money. Yeah. So mm -hmm. uh, it's all irrelevant in that respect. Uh, if they can get the money, take it with both hands, but don't lose the hunger. Because nothing... Listen, all the money's great, but it's fantastic when you look back and you've won things. Mm -hmm. See when people are talking about going for championships mm -hmm. and winning Scottish Cups and whatever. What an unbelievable feeling. Nothing, all the money in the world can't buy you that. Mm -hmm. It can't buy you that. And that's what I was talking about Joe earlier on. Sure. The adulation. Yeah. All the money in the world, yeah. Yeah. you can't buy that adulation. We'd love to redistribute some of the money though, wouldn't you, Leanne? When you oh. look at the money and, and the top the top ranges of Celtic players get, you know, twenty, twenty-five thousand pounds a week. Um, it's even more so in England but it seems so wrong that so many players it's such a short career mm -hmm. um, suddenly mid-30s you're certainly in the last few years of your career and then it's over I know it is and it's a really short career but I think that somewhere in football we've probably got it wrong and I think especially in Scotland because a lot of the, the lower league clubs players are actually making more money probably at certain clubs than they are say example for a championship club mm -hmm. And I don't know how that marries up, so I, I don't know where we've we've gone wrong, and that certainly is going to take away the appetite if you're talking about winning and success. If it's about money and you want to earn more money, and that's the reason why you would ever move on from a, a club or or Jota, for example, if money would be the only thing that would take him from Celtic. But if the only thing that takes you away is money, but it's dropping down divisions, I I, I struggle to understand mm. the aspirations of a player. Um, and that's even in the women's game I've faced that and players are, <laughs> believe me, not getting really any money other than expenses. So you would rather, you know, take a bit more expenses and, and drop down a division. I, so I, I had youth players on five, six, seven thousand pounds under 18 mm -hmm. in England. In England, in yeah. England. My biggest worry for them all, and I always spoke to them every day about it was, because it's very demanding on the training pitch, but my biggest worry was for them, the ones that, Predominantly, I didn't think we're good enough mm -hmm. to continue on at that particular club. And this is sorry, eight, five, six, seven, eight thousand pounds what a week, a, a week per week, a week per week, and not even seeing the light of day of the first team. And when you were going to be releasing, by the way, in a year's time, so all of a sudden they could go out with nobody seeing them playing because they weren't even playing in my team because yeah. they weren't good enough mm -hmm. in the respect to that. And you'd already made your decision at that particular time. There's maybe somebody that was better in front of them mm -hmm. or just behind them, and you thought, well, I'm not going to keep them because these two are that wee mm -hmm. bit in front. You would go, let name go, but they would go to nothing. 
So they were going for that. That is my worry with the youngsters because they go for that type of money and some of them couldn't buy a real ticket. Some of them didn't know how to buy a real ticket because everything was done done for them. them. Everything was done for them. But we had to travel every day ourselves, Mm -hmm. get there. I was travelling the 35 bus for uh, Chapel Hall Mm -hmm. when I was in the first team. Mm But in the first team? In the first team. You could get a wow. full two-hour show out of this, Paul. I, I can speak about this is. all day, though, because it's so interesting. It's yep. so interesting to hear other people's insights mm-hmm. and experiences at clubs and what mm-hmm. that looks like. And you can justify it either way, you know, mm-hmm. because you can say that they deserve every bit of money that they get mm-hmm. and it's their career. And you look at other businesses and jobs that get paid X amount. And, mm-hmm. you know, sport is, is an incredible thing Isn't like it? that. Yeah. And you could fight either corner um, yeah. until you were blown in the face. It's the working man and women's game. And yet, when you see the excesses, especially south of the border but it, it, there's too much going to the players the top and the agents and the agents have to be paid by the clubs you know they don't yeah. get out the transfer from the player um, it's just a complete other but world but the biggest so thing that, is Paul don't let's, yeah. let's no kid ourselves the players deserve the clubs give them the contracts the players deserve the money mm-hmm. when they get it when they sign the contract don't moan about what well, this player was on that that player was on that my biggest thing is especially for the youngsters mm-hmm. Where do they go for there? Yeah, it's great They'll point. never yeah. earn anything like that in their life again. Of course. Phenomenal. And if it's there, you can't blame the players. Oh, 100%. I get it. If it's there, we would all want 100%. the same. 100%. just wish it could be redistributed a little bit more. More to talk about. We should do a podcast Absolutely. on that one. And your own podcast going well. Yeah, uh, Behind the Goals. Leanne. It's great. Yep. Yeah, we Brilliant. recorded another good episode that will be out next week with Today. Leanne Dempster, mm. yeah, Chief Exec oh, at Queen's Park. Really good speaker. Interesting story. Really insightful, knowledgeable, upfront and honest. So yeah, that's out next week. Will you come back next week? With Possible. us, hopefully. Yeah. Yeah, we've missed. How, how's as long as I get my how's, timings how's in my diary, right? I don't need to speak to James. <laughs> how's your nana and your mum? We need to ask for She's both. She's great. Both yeah. of them are great. And I actually think both of them will be, will be tuned in because my nana's always delighted. She yeah. can get it on the iPad. Great. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> right. So. Thursday night, what's going to happen, Peter? What do you reckon? I know you've been doing your homework on RB Leipzig. You're quite optimistic for Rangers. Yeah, I'm, and it's it's difficult because it's tactical. I think they've just got to get it right. And as I said, I questioned them about playing under the pressure. Yeah. You know, I've said that often enough. I think they've proven that over the last few weeks. You know, I thought they were magnificent in Dortmund and that's yeah. the thing I'm hanging on to. I know Morel is and that's not available. You know, but I think in some situations you're maybe better without your star player okay. because it can adjust something else. And that's why I think Arfield plus the extra midfield player can be a big plus for them. What's your scoreline, do you think? What will they bring back from Germany? I think the Rangers would be delighted with the same result at Hampton Braga. I think if they come back with a 1-0, you know, that'd be something that would suit them. 1-0 back to... I think to... It, it actually becomes tougher, doesn't it, for your opposition as well to analyse you. I think if Morelis, for example, is available, you know he's starting. Yep. That's who you're up against. That's what your number nine looks like. The Leipzig probably don't know who... Rangers will play through the middle Absolutely. on Thursday. I think they could come back with a score draw. I think 1-1, Paul, would be a good result for them. Um, get them back young. to Ibrox. Terrific. Tomorrow night, uh, Rob's going to be here with Mark Weedy and Craig Moore. And then Wednesday, Rob will be here uh, with Steve McGinn will be in. And on Thursday night, remember, 7 till 10, Cammy Bell and Chris Burke, who will be here as the one of the winners there at Kilmarnock. And we welcome them back. We're looking forward to them back in the Cinch Premiership. Absolutely. Yeah, big club. And, you know, being at Rugby Park on Friday night was excellent. Packed out. Um, they thoroughly enjoyed it. Can you believe that's two hours? Come and gone. Blue by. Wow. Back again tomorrow night. Uh, Joe Good job, Leanne, next. Yeah, oh, not at all, Peter. We'll see you again later in the week. Thanks man. so much. Uh, Jokel Day is next.